the Star Sit Down. I am not squinting at the camera. And this week we have my friend from the Comedy Association, Hayden Hattrick. What's up, Hayden? What's up? Uh, you know me for a long time. You should know my last name is pronounced Hartrick. Dude, I have always messed that up. <laughs> Dude, I always think, I, I always thought it was, because like I'm looking at your name now. There's definitely mm-hmm. an R. There's the R before the I've, uh I've misspelled it a lot, too, like, while we've been friends. I don't know. Have you ever noticed that? I've never seen you write my full name. I've misspelled it a lot. Wow. Well, honestly, bro, we're even because you forgot my birthday yesterday. So Okay. <laughs> yeah, I did. That's, yeah. that's, no, that's very did. true. Yeah, you did. I was like, all right, um, I'll see you tomorrow. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. I was like. You know it's my my birthday, but oh, I didn't really know. Like you didn't tell anybody. I was like, I told everybody. So, okay, <laughs> I I can't defend my actions. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, how have you been, bro? You know what? I've been uh, I've been pretty good. Uh, I'm really happy to be back in San Marcos, back in the school swing of things. I feel much more productive now than I did back when I was staying at home. Um, because, you know, staying at home has its own brunt of challenges. But <clears throat> I'm uh, very happy to be back in San Marcos, doing much better now than I was a few weeks ago. Dude, it's crazy because, like, before uh, we left, we were about to do my sketch. We are going to do White Dads. And, mm-hmm. like, I, I was, was so ready to come out in my underwear. Dude, that was, <laughs> was going to be funny. I honestly forgot about that. I haven't read it in a long time. But, um... <laughs> Dude, like I was, uh, I was really excited to, uh, like, to get that going, and then like all this stuff happened. How's uh, how's the comedy association been, like online and everything? Well, it's been good. Um, this summer we did a lot of our uh, meetings digitally. Lots of them were just a lot more casual because you know it wasn't the school year. But uh, now that we've hopped back into the school year, we've been doing all of our meetings through Zoom, um, and it's been going extraordinarily smooth in my opinion um yeah like uh you know obviously when you're going and doing something like comedy especially something like improv and and you go from being in person to being digital you, you kind of have that fear that you're going to lose out on elements of comedy mm-hmm. but in all honesty what you lose you gain like new ways of doing things because it's digital um like you can do like sound effects and 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 stuff like that and stuff that's a lot harder to accomplish in a physical medium when when you're digital if that makes sense no yeah it makes sense um are you guys still doing are you guys still gonna do a showcase every month uh so we do yeah we're doing shows every month um we're trying to do shows every month uh they are going to be at the end of the month like usual, but because of how the world is, we are going um, exclusively, they're going to be basically like these big 30 minute to hour long shows like that are uh, pre-recorded stuff. um, And they're going to be streamed through YouTube and possibly our Twitch channel. So you guys are gonna pre-record like the, like are you guys still doing stand up, improv, Mm -hmm. sketch? Sketch, stand up and improv, yep. And you guys are gonna like pre-record it and then just like do a premiere on YouTube. Be like, uh, time. 
instead are you instead of just like so my, my question is are you guys gonna like do it live like uh live stream the pre-recorded taping or do like a youtube premiere where you set a time and you guys can all watch it live you know what i'm saying we're we're um we're gonna do it for the especially for this first one um because you know it's a lot of experimentation we're doing it where we have a pre-recorded thing and we're streaming the pre-recorded video so that there's still like that element of like people want to be there to watch and and like there's going to be things that are exclusive to just the big chunks uh recorded thing but like everything in there is going to be pre-recorded uh but you know with like improv and stand-up and stuff obviously it's just like the first takes of stuff they're not you know, trying to go over people's heads and be like, oh, we're just going to do improv until we get our best scene. But it's, um, it should be fun. There's a lot of like logistical things. And, and as the show dates gets closer, we're, um, we're just going to have to figure it out as we go. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to ask you like too many questions about it because obviously like it's a huge transition. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Um, how has like stand up been like through Zoom? That's, that's really fascinating to me. Well, in all honesty, I think stand-up had the least adjustment through going into this digital medium. Because, I mean, as you know, at our stand-up meetings, lots of them are uh, writer circles and, like, pitching jokes and talking about jokes. And lots of that stuff just is easily done over Discord and over Zoom and stuff because you just, just do your jokes and, you know, all of your jokes about how you tell it. Obviously there's like some things that, that are a little bit difficult to do over Zoom. Um, you know, like I have bits that I'm working on that are really like prop heavy or really movement intensive that are a lot harder to pitch, but you know, it's been, it's been pretty easy with how, with the transition into Zoom and stuff. Are you doing, you, I know you're doing sketch, are you doing improv too? Uh, so I'm, I'm not, uh, so the comedy association has their, uh, improv troupe piss, the people's improv society of San Marcos. I'm not on piss, but I do attend the general, um, improv meetings and I'm, you know, honing my improv skills, stuff like that. So what, like, what, what has sketch been like? Cause I obviously like for people who don't know, obviously you gotta, you have to pitch it, you know, see if everyone likes it. Then, um, you know, a few get selected, you know, people vote for them. And then once people vote for them, they get approved. And then you guys like, you know, produce them and, and cast and everything like that. What's that been like over Zoom? Because I can't, like, well, I, can, I, I can obviously imagine them like writing scripts, showing it to everybody, you know, doing a read. But like the casting, the rehearsals, the auditions. So with, uh, with Sketch, you know, over the summer, there wasn't shows, there wasn't like this selection process and, and stuff. So a lot of times like over the summer, it was very much just, hey, if you write something, bring it to the meeting and we'll read it and give notes and stuff. But now that school's actually gotten back in session, it, we are doing, uh, we just had our read through and, and the, the process is a little bit different. There's a selection committee of like the, the, uh, the chairs of the thing, they're, they're more involved in, in selecting rather than it just being a vote so that there's less of a bias in just like, you know, popularity. Yeah. Um, but we had our first sketch meeting like two weeks ago. Um, and then last week was the final week for sketch submissions. 
Uh, one of mine actually is selected for this month's show. Oh, nice. Um, it's called The Scat Man. I, I'm excited for it. We're having auditions for it today. So it's, inter- it's going to be interesting to see how that works. But, you know, obviously all of like the sketches that are being filmed are really, really small cast things. Yeah. You know, like one or two people because you can't have more than that and be safe um when what what date are you guys looking at for doing the showcase uh we don't have a solid date yet uh as usual we're looking at doing them through the end of the month but most of this stuff is gonna you know if something changes it's gonna have to you know change our show date but uh all of that stuff can be found on our social medias uh if i can do a shameless plug they're all yeah yeah yeah, plug, yeah. Plug, plug, man. they're uh txst comedy that's on twitter uh facebook Instagram, those I believe those are all the ones we have. And then our YouTube channel is just Comedy Association. There's a little image of a rubber chicken. Uh, and those are the ways you can like keep up to date and figure out our show dates. And as as it becomes like a finalized date, we'll put those on there. Last time I saw you, we were at um, Lazy Days. Mm-hmm. We did um, stand up. I went on right after you. And we had a lot of fun. And like you're because you're a good stand-up comedian. I love watching you perform. Thank you. Shut up. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um but like I like it's it really sucked because after that, that's really when I wanted to like go hard, like in stand-up. Like I had a plan. I was gonna do the um, funniest person in Austin, the competition mm. in May that got canceled. And um I don't know if the I think it's the Austin Comedy Club. I don't know how they're doing now, but like a couple months ago, I know they were really struggling mm-hmm. like in terms of like business. Cause you know, like people can't come in and I feel like with stand up, like I don't, I don't like you, you would ask me if I wanted to go to like the open mic and I was really hesitant just cause like, it's not really fun. Like to me without like the live audience, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's where like a lot of the joy comes in. And then like after, you know, talking to people and like having fun and, and joking, so I feel like that is kind of lost with the Zoom comedy. I mean, I you you can tell me what your perspective is because I, obviously I didn't do it. I haven't done it, but like, what have you felt like in that transition? Yeah. So we had our we had our first like digital open mic pretty recently, and it went a lot better than I thought it was going to go. Um, you know, obviously I shared your same fears of like, you know, you're going into a digital environment. Are you going to lose that like audience feel and in all honesty, I, I, uh, I wasn't super confident about performing. I wasn't sure I was going to, I was working on some new material. I think I've mentioned my bag of burgers bit to you before. Um, I can't, I can't remember. It's, it's its own thing. It's just, it's like kind of one of those jokes that I've really been working on and haven't really debuted it yet. And I was thinking about debuting it, but then I was like, I don't know. It doesn't really feel like there's an audience. And then I sat in on like the first couple of standups and it just felt like an open mic. I think a lot of that comes from just like, I've gotten used to the way the world is now and gotten used to having to like change the feelings of um, like not being in person. And maybe it was like, I was so deprived of the audience feel that this like pseudo audience feel felt like a real audience. But you know, with Zoom and stuff, people can leave their mics on and you hear the laughter and you get the, the feedback and you can call people out to a certain extent and like, you know, talk to the audience and stuff. And you don't really lose a lot of that that personal connection that you that you really get from stand up. 
Really? Mm-hmm. Was the uh, was the audience like just comedy association people? Lots of lots of comedy association people. Um, just because you know that's kind of everybody that knew about it. I think we put it out on social media. We might have had a couple of non-comass people hop in. Um, I wasn't really paying attention to the roster because what we did is, um, you know, whenever, whenever you're performing, everybody else turns off their video. Um, and then I hid all the, like non-video participants. So I didn't really see anybody who wasn't performing. Um, but it was like a 20, 30 person turnout, which was pretty nice. That's good. Uh, and I encourage like everybody that's listening, whenever the... Um whenever the showcase does come up or they start like promoting it, I'm going to put it out on my social media, follow me on Twitter at Kim Davis Jr. Cause um, a big part of like what the comedy association does is that like they have to pass out flyers and, you know, like ask people to come. That's how they raise money. I'm like, now can't really do that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, um, I will attest for a lot of the people in the comedy association, even though I don't get along with everybody that, even like everybody there works hard and, you know, they want to put on good stuff. So, um, yeah, I, uh, you gotta, you gotta let me know. Hey, like, I will let me know. Um, because like, like I said, like my, my experience with the comedy association, it wasn't bad, but there were like little things that I saw where it was like, like, why, why is it like this? Like, like I felt like, the open mics in San Marcos, like they were fun, but I felt like it wasn't like the reality of like stand up, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Because I felt like, like they weren't only at the time, because one, I think it was, uh, was it not Wake the Dead? It was uh, Cops and Grain. It shut down. So there were only like two, two mics a week. And it was just like the same people coming in over and over again. And I mm-hmm. found that hard to like try new material. Or like I'm trying to like work on old material, it's kind of hard because you don't really get the same punches like with laughs as you would because they've heard it already. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And like even if you change it up a little bit, I feel like that's like really limiting. But I also feel like some people who like just want to do like stand fun and just like, hey, I like it. You know, I'm gonna be like advantageous. Might find that more comforting. So I felt like part of me felt like being part of this like comedy association and like doing stand-up only in San Marcos was limiting because it's like people don't want to hurt your feelings you know and Mm -hmm. like me like if I if I go on stage and I do bad I want to know I did bad you know I want to like I want to bomb like legit bomb so that way like I'm like all right I have to get better you know but Mm -hmm. if people are like ah ha 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 like you know laughing subtly and just trying to make me feel good that's like that's making my progression stagnate. Do, do you feel the same way? Because I've talked, I've talked to some people in the comp, like stand-ups locally, and they felt the same way. And I want to ask you how you feel about that. Yeah, so I, I, I can definitely see like that, that feeling. Uh, I mean, I wasn't as into the open mics, and I wasn't going as much as as because I, I was still pretty new to stand-up when you know, the world went to shit. Yeah. Um, am I allowed to curse on here moderately? I'll believe it. I'll believe it. I'll believe it. Okay. Um, uh, but I, I definitely get where this, like, feeling is coming from because 
you know, obviously, like, when I watch stand-up sometimes, it's like, when they start to bomb, there's that feeling in you that's like, oh, I don't want them to go through the embarrassment of bombing. But it's an important part of being a stand-up. And I think what's the important part is, like, if you make the right friends with people and you and you are friends with people, um, like, you know, like the stand-up chairs and stuff, they'll give you honest notes. They'll be like, hey, this is, this is what happened. Like, this joke wasn't as good as it usually is. Or, like, maybe you could mess with that punchline. And I think you're never going to have a full audience that's like, you know, no pity laughs whatsoever. But I, I think at the very least, it's easy to tell the difference between pity laughs and between real laughs. Um, like when, when you get an audience to laugh and you get them to really laugh, there's like that gut feeling that's, that's different than when they just kind of go, oh, haha, I recognize that that's a joke. Yeah. I think another reason too why it's harder here with like these little venues and like the same people as like a lot of those people that are going to like these mics are going because they are trying to perform. Mm -hmm. So like, it's different, like performing in front of a bunch of people who do stand up and like a bunch of people who don't. Cause like, I feel like if you do stand up, you're like thinking and you're like analyzing instead of just enjoying, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you can't enjoy it. I'm just saying you're more like honed in on like, Oh, I wonder what he's going to do with this. Oh, maybe he's going to call that. I wonder where this is going. It's like watching movies as a, as a film major, you know, it kind of ruins your ability to just sit down and enjoy them. You, you, you enjoy them in a different way. You enjoy them by analyzing them, you know? Yeah. It, uh, I mean, it's like, it's good because like when I watch people now, like big standups, I'm like, this guy's amazing. Or this girl's amazing. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, mm. it's genuinely fantastic, especially like Chappelle, like the way yeah. The way he does things, like the way I see it now, I have so much more respect for him. Um, I mean, I just stumbled across a guy, uh, James Acaster. He's got a Netflix like four part stand up thing, and it is like some of the best stand up I've ever seen. Yeah. So I think I think you're right. Like in that in that aspect, you can kind of enjoy it more. But I don't know. I like that's kind of why. What for the summer? I wanted to go between like Austin and San Antonio, and like try and do like clubs some um, improv, just try and get my name out there and like really know like if I'm good or not, because I think I'm good, but I want to know like if I'm really good, you know mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I felt like, okay, I, it's like I, think, it's I think Clayton and Hayden definitely do a good job in giving people opportunities mm -hmm. and being nice and like helping people grow. But I feel like it only works to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. it, it's like you can, you can be good, but if you're never around people who are like, the top and like the greatest you won't understand like what you're missing there and i think that's why it's important to go to places like austin and san marcos where there is so many more people yeah because it's it's a thing with san marcos san marcos is a smaller town that you know and a lot of open mics have been shutting down because they don't get the greatest turnout you know do uh does wake and lazy I, I don't know about lazy i don't even know like how their business is but for those they still do mics i don't know i don't think so though and even if i even if they did i wouldn't go <laughs> <laughs> no me neither no, I'm sure you oh man i don't know um i will say though like with with sketch for example i learned a lot being in sketch it helped me tremendously i feel like that 
because it like taught you like what it's really like to be like in a writer's room almost mm-hmm. you know what i mean like people are like and eh, this is this isn't good like that's they weren't that blunt i wish they were that blunt that'd be hilarious <laughs> that would they're kind of just like hey you kind of need to do this better it needs to be better here maybe take it in this direction so i really like sketch i love it too i i mean i love this club i uh yeah, no i know <laughs> how did that dungeon and dragons thing go yeah so that's actually uh that's starting up here at the end of the month um, Really? yeah we're doing it's it's been a long process just because you know everything's and trying to figure it out um but we're doing a, a twitch streamed dungeons and dragons campaign um it's going to be on like the comedy association twitch channel i've got some wonderful players um i love all the people that are playing it uh they've got some great characters and you know they're comedians so it's going to be a fun time and we're going to hopefully have a bunch of like guest characters popping in um but i've been doing a lot of work fleshing out my world lore and doing all that like dm stuff that is just you know it's a really intensive process and it and i've been working on it thinking about it all summer and i'm ready to like play and it's going to be a fun time i remember i remember when you started it and i was like yeah you know like i'll do it you know Mm -hmm. and then like i i was i was around the people who were like really hardcore and are like this is my character this is their stats I want him or her to do this. And I was like, I don't think, I don't think I, I should do it. Like it just, the because you, 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 you were like, Hey, you know, this is open to um, newcomers. Like, don't be scared. And I was like, man, these people are really hardcore. I don't know if I should do this. I'm a huge advocate of everybody should play Dungeons and Dragons at least once. Uh, I, I think it's a really important thing. It it's helped me like legitimately in real life with my uh like like social anxieties in a certain extent, if that makes sense. Really? Yeah. Yeah, like like I I think I told you this before, but like my freshman year of high school, I Googled how to make friends. <laughs> no, I've never heard that. That's really sad. Yeah, I looked at a WikiHow article because I just I didn't really fully understand how to like make friends but then um but you know i played dungeons and dragons and oddly enough it's easier to have a real conversation with people and like know how to navigate that when you've had a conversation as a fantasy character talking to a dragon who's about to destroy a city (laughs) um i'm happy for you that's yeah that's really sad but it turned out good what like you (laughs) You Googled like how to make friends? Like Yeah, so I was I uh, I joined the, my theater uh in high school and you know it's it's like a th- it was a theater department. There was already established like friend groups and stuff. And like I saw these friend groups and I didn't understand how to make a friend group and I was just kind of lonely and like everybody there was nice and they're wonderful people and I love most of those people to this day. It's just like, you know you see all these people make connections and you don't realize how those connections were made. So you take out your phone and you Google how to make friends. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. It's amazing how much you've grown. I've only known you for like a year, but I'm happy for you. Um, Jesus. <laughs> um, oh, uh, 
I, I could have sworn I told you that before. I, I love that no, story. No, no, it's okay. You, you told everybody, so including me. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of threw me off track a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. Like I always try and think of the the next question to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus. So. <laughs> Um, I think, I think I might make that the promo clip for this episode. Oh, very much. I am full support. Okay. That's great. Um, Jesus. Well, yeah. Cause you're no stranger to making fun of me. No. Uh, I actually, I thought about you when, um, like all the black lives matter stuff was happening and like, like the protests were at a peak and not like in a negative way, but for those who don't know, we said I used to always make fun of Hayden, and I would just say like he hates black people. He doesn't, but it would be really funny. Um, it'd just be really funny randomly, and he would be like, "Hey, stop saying that <laughs> to people who don't know the joke," because I don't want people to really think I'm racist. Like I'm not racist, and he's not racist. But um, I remember when like everything was kicking off in June, I was like, "Man." I should probably stop that joke. <laughs> I don't think it's a good joke anymore. I actually kind of talked about you on the last episode about like everything going on. And I know it's like, it's a hot button issue and it's not like my intent to talk about every episode, but it's important, especially to me being a black person, like as a, as a white person, like a, a white guy. And obviously like, I don't know how many like black friends you have. Like, do, do you have a lot of black friends? Like genuine question. I, I do. I have, I have a, a few. Um, it, it's not like I, you know, I don't make friends based off race. It's just kind of who I interact with, but no, I, I got you. I, I mean, uh, it's not, it's not like, I was just saying, cause like, I remember I like reached out to you. I was like, bro, like, why have you been quiet? You know? Cause I was, I was really angry, mm-hmm. you know? And like I talked in the last episode, it's like as a, as a black man, especially when like something like that happens, you see yourself, and, you know, it's not necessarily like, man, like, that's really sad. It's more of like that, like that could happen to me. Like I could be next, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was just really, I was really angry during that time. And I just, I had to cut off like a lot of people. And I was like, you know, why haven't you spoken out about this? And you just said like, hey man, like genuinely, I don't know what to say. Like, what, what should I do? How should I help? Like, what was your what were your thoughts during that time and like how how did that affect like the people that you were um like interacting with well like i you know in in my own like circles of, of where i'm talked like the people i talked to and stuff i i was very vocal about like how i felt about the stuff but when it comes to social media there was like a weird i think maybe some of it could have just been anxiety but like I think performative activism is a thing that like runs rampant where people don't really like believe these things or they're just saying it because they know that like, it's the, I'm trying to figure out how to frame this properly, but like people just do this because they see everybody else doing it, you know? Yeah. And and I was really worried about like any post I I made coming off in that. And, and since I don't use, I don't use social media a lot. That's why I didn't know it was your birthday yesterday. I don't pay attention to that stuff. (laughs) Okay. But um, it, it was just something where it's like, I had no idea how to even approach the situation that like, 
which which wasn't good, you know. I, but but having like no idea how to like approach these situations and stuff, and having it like there'd be no sense of like what do I even do? What is right to do? Yeah. You kind of end up like shutting down and being like, I just I can't do anything right now, you know. No, I mean I. I got you, man. Um, it was just so personal for me. And I, I bet a lot of people felt the like same way you felt, you know, and like you said, like performative activism, it's such, it's really sad because it gets, it gets old. Like there were so many people, like you see like the post on Twitter of like these people who like, they post like the black square on the Tuesday and then that Friday, they just have like the Trump 2020, like nothing, like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And it's just... Is really annoying. I hated that black that black uh, blackout Tuesday. I thought it was so stupid. Yeah, I really thought it was so stupid. I think a lot of people were just like virtue signaling, and it's like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, I'm on your side, and then they just went like back to their lives. Like, no, you didn't do anything. You know, it's just, it's a black screen. It just yeah, it, no. Like you you commented on my post there, and like I leave that post up as as a reminder because it's just like you know, you said that. And then I kind of like thought about it. I was like, yeah, this is kind of dumb. Like this isn't doing anything. What did I say? You kind of went like, uh, you were like, Hey, if you haven't used your platform to speak up until right now, don't do it. Oh, wow. Jeez. Yeah. I was, I was, I was, I was worried about our friendship. Like, you know, obviously not as worried about like people's lives and stuff and like the, the real issues, but like, there was a moment where like you saying that like really clicked with me and be like, I have to be smart about how I use the platforms that I have because I can inadvertently hurt people. Yeah. By not doing stuff right. You know, I think like, um, it was just, it was a lot of emotions during that time, man. Like, like Mm -hmm. I said, and you know, uh, I can't really like explain to you like the, like the black experience or like, you know, our, our history and our culture, but that's really just why, like it, it hits so hard. And like, like I said, man, like there, there was so much of that. And like mm-hmm. people that were just like, no, nah, it's blackout Tuesday. I'll post a black screen and I'm done. And it's like, nah, man, like, that's not, that's not what it's about. And I, obviously I know, like I joke about, I joked about you being racist. I know you're not racist. You know, I, I know, obviously I know, but it was just like that. Like, why, why are so many people, just trying to like show off like, Hey, I'm on the right side of history. And then the next day just act like everything's normal, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm, um, I'm sorry about that, dude. It was just a lot of emotion. No, you don't need to apologize. You made a good point. You made a solid point. How do you think this is like going to affect like comedy? You ever think about that? Oh, all the time. I, I mean, I'm a comedian first for, well, basically first and foremost, I'm a comedian and, It's one of those things where it's like there are going to be the people that like make jokes about this that don't make them right. And you start to realize like, oh, like this person who I thought was funny in the past and said these jokes that were kind of edgy actually has these just like terrible worldviews, you know? And then I, th- I think there are the people that are going to be able to like capitalize on this. And, and comedy is always a way as people that we can, I think, expose th- 
things in the world that aren't right because you know you make people laugh and then it sticks in their head and then they start thinking about it and i think the people that that you know make jokes about these and and do them in the in the right proper ways can can honestly help people like help the message sink in a little bit more i um i hear you man i think i i hope because i feel like like we talked about Chappelle, what Chappelle is like the master at and he's talked about this a lot like in the past when when Chappelle like goes off and like he he says something that's like not funny, it's interesting. Like it's interesting enough and it captivates like your attention, and he's able to like go back and forth to where he, it doesn't feel like he's lecturing to you, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested to see how some people try and do that, and like they might like bring up these serious topics, and instead of like doing like a comedy, uh, like a, a a comedy show, like they're just doing a TED talk, you know. I'm I'm interested to see how how that affects it. I don't I I think it's going to be interesting how audiences react to race based jokes now, you know, because like everything has become like so progressive, and like obviously like I think being progressive is good, but like sometimes the stuff that you you're not supposed to talk about is the funniest, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's it's like Clayton who is the chair of of one of the co chairs of the stand-up thing he's always said like you're if you're going to delve into like dark humor it needs to be twice as witty as it is dark yeah because like people bring up dark humor and and i have my all my whole opinions about dark humor and where the line is and and it's just like people bring up dark humor make a subpar joke and it's they're trying to get like the shock value of it and then there are people that bring up like deep terrible issues and can make pe- like rooms erupt into laughter, you know? Yeah. Have you? Do you know Daniel Sloss? I do. I I watched his stuff recently. Dude, um, you know the one uh, you just saw his bit about his like his sister, mm-hmm. and, uh, like she was a uh, she's, she's like she had Down syndrome or she's like mm-hmm. special ed or something, and like the whole room was just quiet. And then like as soon as as he's like, it's my sister. I can talk about it. It's whatever. And they just made everyone laugh. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Like, I want to see some stuff like that. It was insane. Daniel Daniel Sloss is his own is his own beast. He kind of has that that mastery over how to talk about dark subjects yeah. in a way yeah. that is. Yeah, because have you heard like his stand up special has broken up like thousands of couples. Really? Yeah, because if you don't remember, for the people that don't know, in his like second bit, he makes this wonderful metaphor about how relationships are like jigsaw puzzles and how like it's not if your person isn't helping you complete your jigsaw puzzle, like what's the point of the relationship? And he brought like a new light to it. And it was one of those things where it's like, even now it like holds in me as I start like new relationships and stuff. And it's like something that I'm always kind of thinking about. And he's like, he is brags about how many couples have broken up because (laughs) of his metaphor. That is sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sad because he talked about it, he was like you only really oh so there's how many billion people in the world and you fell in love with somebody that like went to high school with you oh okay i think that that was really funny i thought that mm-hmm. was, that was true oh man um uh are, are, honestly are you excited about like rogan moving to austin i haven't heard anything about that I don't really pay attention to Joe Rogan. Yeah, um, 
I watch some of the episodes of his podcast like when he has really good, interesting guests. And uh, he's like decided like he's well this is, he decided like in July he's moving to Texas and like pretty much everyone knows it's Austin, but like I'm pretty excited about it too. Like I think I think um, Austin's gonna be like revitalized when it comes to comedy, and mm-hmm. like so many more people are like gonna go out to like clubs because they're like oh maybe Rogan will show up kind of like <laughs> Chappelle with like Ohio like people go to the Dayton Funny Bone because they're like oh maybe Dave will show up. And that's how like the Dayton Funny Bone like became like the Dayton Funny Bone and how everyone knows it. I hope I hope the same effect happens in Austin. I think it's a really exciting time. Well, it's not because we're in a pandemic, but it's going to be in the future. Yeah, as soon as that finishes, I, I mean, I'm ready to get back into going to Austin because like I think last semester I was getting to a point where I was going to Austin almost weekly or biweekly just watching comedy stuff and getting ready to like interact with stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm excited for where the world goes after this. Me too, man. Um, I, yeah, we have, we have plenty of time. I thought we were almost out of time. I think we have like 50 more minutes or whatever. This has been a good, this has been a good podcast. We've been yeah, I, thank you so Alex. much for having me on. Are you still going to do a podcast with uh, Alex? Yeah, we've, uh, we've been talking about it. Um, you know, obviously it's been on hold until we're, we're back in person together, but um, I still want to do it. And we've had a couple of ideas of, of different ways to do it. Dude, in person is the way to go, man. I was really upset. Like all this stuff happening, like I got this position, which I'm, I'm really grateful for. I, I love it. It's just so unfortunate. Like we, we couldn't set up like the studio, have mm-hmm. the lights, the microphone. It's just so much better, you know? Like, this is cool. Like, obviously, I love this. I love podcasting. I love talking about – I love talking to people, having great conversations. But, like, an element is lost, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it sucks. Uh, how, is, how is Alex? 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 No, he's, like, the nicest. one of the nicest people. I love Alex so much. Um, he, he's so funny. And he's, his laugh always, like, elevates a room. Uh, he's doing pretty good. Uh, I saw him uh, pretty recently. He he came over to see our new apartment. Uh, he, he's doing great. Uh, yeah, I uh, after one of the after one of the showcases, I think it was like in November. I think, yeah, I think it was it was around November. He gave me like one of the nicest compliments I've ever heard. He was like, you know, Kim, I like you're funny. But, like, you, you're funny is different. Like, you, you talk about these subjects, and they're, they're weird subjects, but you make it work. And it's very interesting because you go these places that people don't go. And, like, I was just standing there. I was like, dude, what? Like, thank you. Like, <laughs> like why did you have to go so deep? It's like, I don't know, man. I just like you. And, like, after, <laughs> after that, I was, you were there. You were there. I was talking to I was like, I was like, I was talking to Hayden about all the people that I hate. And then he just started busting out laughing. And I was like, and you were like, you weren't one of them. I love you, man. He's like, yeah, man, you're a great guy. Ah, oh, man, I, I, I miss that guy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, you did it. <laughs> now we both get bleeped. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, nah, man, um, I think we should end it now. I think, yeah, yeah I think, I think we had a, a really good episode. I enjoy talking to you, man. 
Uh, I always enjoy talking to you. Yeah, no, I, we haven't we haven't talked in a long time, like uh, in a long time, and uh, mm-hmm. hopefully in these next couple months we can do stand up. Um, I really want to go to like an improv. Have, you've been writing, right? Uh, yeah, I've been I've been more or less. Yeah. Uh, not not the most inspired writing after you know staying at home for a while. It's hard. It's really it's hard. so hard. Dude, I, like, have uh, have you been working on old stuff, or have you been like trying to come up with like new stuff? I've been trying to come up with new stuff. Um, I, I mean, I really have been just the most unproductive lard over the the summer. Um, I think I wrote like one, maybe two sketches. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm trying to come up with new stuff. Um, Alex and I are working on writing a sketch, um, which is a lot of fun. Uh. But yeah, I, uh, I've mainly been like kind of just tweaking old stuff and like yeah. to make it work better. And like the new stuff, it's hard. Cause like it, it, mo- it mainly starts with like a premise and like the way op- I operate, I kind of just like to go on that premise and like just flow with it. And like the way it works on stage, I might just take it back, you know, edit some more, but like, I feel like without like the ability to kind of like go up there and test it, I don't want to touch anything too much. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, for the sketch that we want to write, you know what my problem is, honestly? What's that? I I have a fear of, like, not being, like, original. And I always fear because, like, I want to be seen as, like, someone who's really talented. Like, I want to be good at mm-hmm. something. I want to be, like, magnificent. And, like, I'm a really controlling person. Not necessarily in a bad way. I just like things a certain way. And I've gotten better with it over time, like tremendously better. When I was young, it was bad. But now, you know, <laughs> I've, I've learned to adjust. But like when we started writing that sketch, like, you know, it was my idea. And like another reason why I'm scared is like sometimes I'm like, maybe I'm not original. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Maybe I'm not like I'm, I'm always writing with people. Like maybe I need like my own ideas. And I mean, I've talked to like, Natalie, my girlfriend about it, and she was like, I think you're just like writing with people. I don't think it has anything to do with you not being original. But I just have that fear. And like when we were working on Wonderwall, I was like, maybe like I'm not maybe I should just let him write it. Cause like he he likes it so much better and like just give him control. Seriously, dude, like that's that's how my brain operates. I've gotten better, but like I never told you that. I never told you that. Mm-hmm. Get better with that, bro. It's it's hard. It's it's that hard thing of of because I totally get what you're saying about like wanting to be original and and wanting to make sure like you are your own unique person because that's everybody who's a performer. That's what they want, you know. Yeah. Nobody goes into performing because they like being part of the crowd. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a difficult thing to navigate, and I always love writing with people. I think I have much better ideas when I have somebody to, there to bounce stuff off of. Me too. Me too. It's just it's just better. I think you come up with funnier stuff when you're not just sitting in a room, looking at your own computer in your own head. Dude, I agree. It's just like, it's just that whole thing. It was like, like, just the fear of like, because a lot of the sketches I've wrote have been with other people. You know. And it was like, why don't I write something on my own? Like, why do I need somebody else? You know? And it was just that fear. And I, I got it in my head. And like, every time you were like, hey, let's work on the sketch, I would be like, eh, maybe. <laughs> and that, that's why. I think now that like, I've talked to you about it, 
we can we, we can go back to it. And oh, then, I'm excited. I, I love that sketch. And yeah, I no, think I, it, it'll it, be good. It's really funny. It could be really funny. Uh, I think if we finish it, we should wait until we can actually do it in person. Of course. I, I think I think it'll be much better that way. Because um, um, I, I remember how excited I was when I finally drove through White Settlement, Texas. And I just like, I don't know if you remember, it was like 11 o'clock. I was, and I texted you. I was like, I know where White Settlement <laughs> yeah, is. No, no, I remember, dude. That is a horrible town. That is a horrible oh, terrible and i i am ashamed that my hometown is in the same county of the, as that town <laughs> um yeah that's not good uh and especially like you learn about the lore of the name and they were like hey white settlement is racist let's change it and everyone was like no they just never yeah. changed it. No, they just never changed it that was i forgot about that I really did. I forgot about that, but um, all right, man. Yeah, we'll we'll work it out. Uh, I really appreciate you have you coming here. Oh, uh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, remember TXST Comedy and Comedy Association on YouTube. Follow us for shows and stuff. They'll be funny. They will be funny, or your money back. You're gonna give them their money back? Yeah. For the free show, I'll I'll reimburse uh, yeah, you for the free show if you. That's why I was like, I don't... Okay. Anyway, uh, I love you, brother. Thanks for coming on. Um, love you too, my man. I will talk to you later. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Star Sit Down, episode two. We're done. Every Friday. Woo! Every Friday. Every Friday. See you guys later.